It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to the Sunday edition of Talk Law Radio. Last Sunday, August 20th, we dove deep into the details of a court case called State versus Minnesota versus Tuto. If you're interested in learning more about a prosecutor's perspective on the issue of holding police officers accountable for unjustified use of force, check out my interview with Daryl Harris on August 19th. Daryl Harris is an assistant district attorney in San Antonio who is in charge of the civil rights prosecution cases. You can find our episode by searching your podcast source for Talk Law Radio. Look for my smiling face with our Lady Justice logo in red, white, and blue colors. Or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or www.talklawradio.com. Today I'll be talking about Medicaid Estate Recovery Program. Some people say MERP for short. That's M as in mother, E-R-P for Medicaid Estate Recovery Program. The mission of Talk Law Radio is to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Okay, we're talking about estate recovery program. Estate recovery is mandated by federal law, Section 1917B of Title 19 of the Social Security Act, which is in 42 U.S.C. 1396P. You can also find the regulations in CFR uh, 42 CFR 433.36. It's also required of the states to enact a program, and the Texas regulation is in Title I, Part 15, Chapter 373, Subchapter B, Section 373.205. In 1993, the United States Congress passed a law requiring every state to publish a Medicaid estate recovery program. That was in the Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of 1993, also known as OBRA 93. But the state of Texas did not comply by enacting its own statute until March 2005. Interestingly enough, there's, there was a proposal in 2022 in Congress to eliminate Medicaid estate reco- recovery. That was in House Resolution 6698 called Stop Unfair Medicaid Recoveries Act of 2022. And the reason that that law was introduced or that bill was introduced was because some scholars say that Medicaid estate recovery perpetuates poverty. Some call it the death tax on the poor. Okay. I have to give the disclaimer today because we're talking about the law and I don't want somebody to rely on what I'm talking about until they see their individual attorney and discuss their unique circumstances. 
So the State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses. The State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you learn today should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. One thing that the Medicaid Estate Recovery Program requires is that the Health and Human Services Commission uh, give notice to applicants for the Medicaid program that this Medicaid Estate Recovery Program exists, sort of like a warning hey, we're going to recover from your estate after you pass away if you accept benefits through this program. And there's three kinds of notice that the state is required to give in order for their claim on Medicaid estate recovery to be uh, enforceable. One is the threshold notice. That's the notice they give when you submit your application. Another one is a 30-day notice of intent to file a claim against the estate. That's notice within 30 days of the state uh, discovering that the Medicaid recipient has passed away. Then there's a 70-day claim filing requirement that um, the state file a claim against the probate estate. And I'll go into each one in a little bit greater detail. Section uh, 373.303 of the Texas Administrative Code requires that the notice provided with the Medicaid application contain these elements. A description of the Medicaid Estate Recovery Program, information as to covered Medicaid long-term care services that are going to be subject to estate recovery, claim procedures found in the Texas Estates Code, That's classification of claims against estates of decedents in Texas. Also, information as to applicable look-back penalties for transfers of property for less than market value when applying for Medicaid benefits. Uh, You can find more information about that in 1 TAC section 358.430E. And... They have to include in this notice a description of undue hardship waiver requests, more about that later, and related request procedures in regard to any recovery claim. Also, it must provide information concerning the MERP notice of intent to file a claim and the Medicaid estate recovery claim on the death of a Medicaid recipient. So all of that has to be included and the information provided at the time that somebody's filing their Medicaid application. The next notice comes 30 days after death. That's when the state of Texas has to send a a correspondence, a letter that says, we're notifying you, we're giving you notice of our intent to file a claim against the estate. 
1-TAC-373.307A requires the Medicaid Estate Recovery Program to provide this notice within 30 days of them being noticed, uh, notified of the death of the Medicaid recipient. It must provide this notice of intent to file a claim to the estate representative, the Medicaid recipient's guardian of the person, if any, or guardian of the estate, if any, or guardian of the person and the estate, if any, provided that the name and address of the guardian or guardians are known by the agency that uh, enforces Medicaid estate recovery program. Another person that could be notified is the recipient's agent under durable power of attorney if the name and address of the agent are known by the Medicaid estate recovery program people. Also, uh, possible to notify the recipient's agent under medical power of attorney if the name and address of the agent are known. Or somebody else that could be notified if none of the above are known. Family members who have acted on behalf of the recipient provided that the name and address of those family members who have acted on behalf of the recipient are known by those in charge of the Medicaid estate recovery program. What's interesting is that over the last 16 years that I've been doing this, I've uh, noticed that some of these people get notice and some of them do not. Uh, Sometimes the notice is sent to the nursing home and uh, many times uh, the nursing home won't do anything with it because their patient is no longer there and they have no duty to forward that notice to the family members. Some family members will get the notice even though they weren't really involved in helping with the Medicaid application. And so you can guess that they probably won't do much with that unless they're concerned about getting their inheritance. And uh, I guess I should mention that In order to qualify for this Medicaid program for nursing home care services, a person has to have less than $2,000 in value of countable resources. So some resources are countable and some resources are not countable. Um, We informally refer to them as exempt resources, but uh, under the technical rules, of the the statutes and the regulations, uh, the terminology is countable or not countable. And a homestead is generally not countable. And so you can qualify for nursing home Medicaid and still have a house. And so what that means is the Medicaid recipient passes away, they probably still have that house. Because if they were to have sold the house and converted the the house value into proceeds value, well, all of that monetary proceeds value would count against the $2,000 maximum limit and probably be disqualified and lose their benefits. So uh, many Medicaid recipients still have a house, and that's what Medicaid estate recovery wants to recover and get reimbursed uh, for the benefits that have been paid out. 
So that's what we're talking about. Usually Medicaid estate recovery is trying to recover the value from a homestead that's not countable uh, for a Medicaid recipient. The next notice is the 70-day notice. The state has to actually file a claim against the estate within 70 days of the state being notified that the Medicaid recipient has died. 1 TAC section 373.205 requires a Medicaid estate recovery claim must be filed within 70 days after the Medicaid estate recovery program office has actual notice of the death. This only applies to Medicaid recipients aged 55 years or older who received Medicaid uh, long-term care services. The Medicaid estate recovery program claim will be presented to the estate personal representative. That could be the executor of the estate, the administrator of the estate, the guardian, or it can be filed by depositing it in the appropriate probate court or county court acting uh, with matters probate. If you're interested in learning more about the Medicaid estate recovery program and the exemptions and some of the technical rules, you can visit marquartlawfirm.com backslash Medicaid-estate-recovery backslash. Here is, I have to brag a little bit, here is what Frank said about some services he received from Marquardt Law Firm. It says, quote, As you might know already, Texas has withdrawn their MERP claim. Needless to say, this is a tremendous relief for myself and for Mike, my brother who is staying in the house. We are all very appreciative of your skill, knowledge, and your willingness to go to bat for us. Well, from now on, you're on my speed dial as the A1 lawyer for all things Texas real estate, end quote. That's what Frank said. Thanks, Frank. Here are some, uh, here's some information that you might want to know about um, Medicaid estate recovery. The, the claims include the cost of service, hospital care, and prescription drugs supported by Medicaid under the following programs. Nursing home Medicaid, number two, intermediate care facility for persons with mental retardation, ICF, MR, which includes state schools. That's the actual terminology. I'm not being insensitive. I'm just reading from the statute. Uh, I, I prefer not to use that terminology, um, but that's what the, the state includes in the statute. Number three, Medicaid waiver programs, including community living assistance and support services, deaf, blind, uh, with multiple disabilities, home and community-based services, Texas home living program, consolidated waiver programs, community-based alternatives, STAR Plus and Integrated Care Management, ICM, waiver services, and community attendant services. Here are some exceptions when the state of Texas won't file a claim, uh, generally when it's not cost-effective for the state. 
if the value of the estate is $10,000 or less, if the recoverable amount of Medicaid cost is $3,000 or less, or the cost of selling the property would be equal to or greater than the property's value. In addition, a claim will not be filed if one of the following conditions exists. If there's a surviving spouse, they're not going to evict your husband or wife uh, just because you received Medicaid uh, benefits and happened to pass away, leaving a surviving spouse. Number two, if there's a surviving child or children under the age of 21 living in the house. If there's a surviving child or children of any age who are blind or permanently and totally disabled, as defined by Social Security, or there's an unmarried child residing continuously in the Medicaid recipient's homestead for at least one year before the time of the Medicaid recipient's death. And the public policy behind that is that uh, the unmarried adult child was probably taking care of the Medicaid recipient before they entered the nursing home and applied for Medicaid benefits. So the state of Texas, uh, I guess, wants to reward adult children for taking care of their parents in the home because that saves the state money. Okay, even if all of those things don't apply and uh, you think that you're going to be subject to the claim, you can file for undue hardship waiver. And that's... um, going to be considered on a case-by-case basis, but it might be allowed or your waiver might be granted if the estate property has been the site of a family business, farm, or ranch for at least 12 months prior to the death of the Medicaid recipient, if the primary income producing asset, if, if the property is the primary income producing asset for the heirs, if the property produces at least 50% of their livelihood and recovery by the state would affect the property and and result in heirs losing their primary source of income. So the reason for all of that is uh, the the state of Texas uh, doesn't want more people to be in poverty because of uh, losing this asset to a state recovery. Um, it's bad enough that the state had to pay for one person if they can uh, waive the claim and allow the heirs going forward to avoid being on government benefits, then I guess that's a a win for the state of Texas. A hardship waiver can be filed when uh, the estate's beneficiaries would be eligible for public or medical assistance if the recovery claim was collected, you know, taking away that asset and and causing other people to need to apply for government benefits. Another reason would be uh, allowing one or more heirs to receive the estate would enable them to discontinue eligibility for public or medical assistance. So same reason there. And then another one, the Medicaid recipient received medical assistance as the result of being a crime victim. So that's a very unique and special circumstance. Five, other compelling reasons exist. So uh, one of the compelling reasons might be that 
one or more of the heirs have gross family income below 300% of the federal poverty level. And uh, that's just getting started. There's lots of strategies that we can employ to help somebody save their property from Medicaid estate recovery. If you have questions about that, uh, call your lawyer or Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278 or chat with us online by going to the website at marquardtlawfirm.com and you'll see the chat box pop up. We talked about hardship. Um, Let's say you apply for hardship and they deny your waiver. Well, there is something that you can do. You you have a right to get a review of that hardship denial. So it's uh, from a higher up, and uh, there's a certain procedure that has to be followed in order to get that done. Um, And you have only 60 days to decide whether or not to do that. So make sure that you diligently proceed and find a lawyer to help you with that. Um, Another related issue with the homestead and filing an application for benefits is uh, what if you didn't have a home but you did have money in the bank, you apply for Medicaid, and then you buy a home with that money because now you go from the the proceeds, which are countable, to buying a homestead that's not countable. Is that allowed? Well, there was a case called Texas Health and Human Services Commission versus Estate of Burt, um, which uh, was heard by the by a Texas appellate court um, April twenty first, two thousand twenty two, and uh, the the short answer is that this this court found that prior occupancy of the home was not required in order to be non countable under the Medicaid rules. Um, but you certainly want to talk to a lawyer before you engage in purchasing such a large asset in order to get qualified for Medicaid. Um, Some other issues that come up with Medicaid estate recovery is uh, after the Medicaid recipient passes away, even if the family has not received notice, the title company uh, that's involved in the sale of that property might bring up the issue and contact uh, HMS or Health and Human Services, and ask, uh, did this did this deceased person ever receive Medicaid benefits, and if so, are they entitled to a release of the claim? Sometimes the probate court even requires that type of information. If you're trying to probate the will as immunement of title or you're seeking a determination of heirship with an order of no administration, the court is going to require evidence of uh, whether the deceased person had received uh, Medicaid benefits and whether there's a a claim under Medicaid estate recovery program. So those are just issues to be aware of. Hope you enjoyed this uh, Sunday afternoon, evening episode of Talk Law Radio. If you have, please tell your friends to listen to Talk Law Radio, either on 9.30 a.m. KLUP, The Answer, or 
www.talklawradio.com or uh, YouTube or Facebook. So you can listen live Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock in the morning, again on KLUP 930 AM radio, Facebook Live, podcasts everywhere, or YouTube to discover your legal issue blind spots. I'd like to say a prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us of our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to follow your will. Please help people who are facing the nursing home Medicaid program to find the resources that they need to get qualified so that their loved one who's elderly or or suffering with disabilities can get the care that they need. We pray all these things according to your will, and in Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to tell you about a sponsor that's been helping us out to sponsor the show partially. That's um, Financial Planning HQ, and I'm trying to find my my tagline here. Um, Well, let me mention Marquardt Law Firm. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans, new businesses, and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family-limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in district court, county court, or probate court. So tune in next time on our next installment of Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. I'll talk to you later.